0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. You know, I think a couple of years ago, I asked the question in church. You know, because I know how we are in church. You know, we... We have learned some things by memory, and we think we know it. So I asked the question, I said, uh, were there Pharisees and Sadducees in the Old Testament? I didn't ask anybody to raise their hand, but I was observing the faces. Some people were like, oh yeah, Pharisees. Oh yeah, we had Pharisees in the Old Testament. The question is, where did you read about Pharisees in the Old Testament? There are no Pharisees and Sadducees In the Old Testament. In fact, the history of Pharisees and Sadducees started in that period. In those 400 years, two things of significance happened. Number one (laughs) is the Maccabean War, is what they call it, the Maccabean War. The Maccabean War, what happened then was uh, the king of Syria came and invaded Israel and took over the temple, ransacked the temple, took all the gold and all the holy things and took them away. And was making the people to do things that God told them not to do. And they resisted. The first family that resisted is the family that the next, remember I said two things of significance. That family, after that war, the Jews won that war, that family then naturally became the leader of the nation of Israel. You know, they started what is known as the Hasminian dynasty. So two things, the Maccabean War and the Hasminian dynasty. The Maccabean War was as a result of the Jews defending what God has given to them. Their religious practices. One of the fears I have today is that the church has, maybe not has, but is losing its distinctive. The line between the world and the church has become blurry. There's this appetite for us to look like the world and do the things of the world. But that was what the Jews had to resist and resist vehemently. And led to a war. The Jews have three distinctives. Number one, they are Sabbath. They don't play with Sabbath. Till this day, Jews still observe the Sabbath. I'm not saying we should observe the Sabbath. But I'm just saying. Right? The Sabbath circumcision. Still a big deal among the Jews. And then monotheism. Monotheism. There is only one God. For the Lord our God is one God. There is no worship of money. (laughs) Many people in church today worship money. That is why the scripture says that you cannot serve God and serve mammon at the same time. So the scripture recognizes that some people, they worship money. Their money is everything. So those two things were very important. Because of what the Syrians tried to do to them to make them do abominable things, that is how the Pharisees and the Sadducees evolved. And they became the defenders of the law. During the Hasminian dynasty, you know, human nature, <laughs> they to now were doing things that were uncomely. And the people rejected it. The king wanted to be the priest and be the king at the same time. They said, no. Priesthood and uh, the kingship are two separate things. Then sort of like a civil war, broke out. <laughs> the scripture says in 1 Corinthians, it says when a brother and a brother, if they have an issue, he said don't take it to a, a carnal judge. You should be able to settle within yourselves. During their war, kind of like a civil war, both sides now went to invite the Romans to come and help them. That is how they brought the Romans in. So when the New Testament opens with the Romans in charge, that is the context of the New Testament. At the time we read about in Matthew, they were under heavy taxations from Rome under Augustus Caesar. And because of that, and all the pains that will come with an occupation army, they began to pray to God for a Messiah. So for them, when they are praying for a Messiah, they are praying for a Messiah that will come with a military force and help them politically to resolve resolve their issues. Praise the Lord. I dare say there are some people in the church today that have lost sight of who the Messiah is. The Messiah is not your errant God. Oh, Father, do this for me, and do that for me, and do that for me. That is what God represents to some people. So they had an expectation of the Messiah, but their expectation of the Messiah was wrong. And that's why many of them were disappointed. That's why they couldn't believe or follow what Jesus was teaching. Many in the church today also get disappointed when God doesn't play or dance to their team. I know a person that left church said, I fasted and I prayed. And the thing I fasted and prayed about God did not answer. Therefore, this thing must not be true. My question to you is Do you want a God that is obeying you? (laughs) You know, a God that you are commanding. Okay, God, I have woken up. Go get me breakfast. You've reversed the role. That cannot be a God. That is your servant, not your God. I preached to the Salmon, I think, Salmon series a while back that I called the Errant God. God is not your Errant God. Praise the Lord. So, What I want to do this morning very quickly to tie that context to the message today is ask a question. What if there was no Christmas? What if Jesus was not born? That will help us understand the meaning of his birth. No? If Jesus was not born, then certain things that are in place now will not be in place. So number one, there will be no redemption. If Jesus was not born, there will be no redemption. What is redemption? What does it mean to redeem? God gave me a very good illustration that I think uh, you may not be able to relate with, but you know. How many of us know about tidal load? If you don't, good for you. <laughs> title loan are loan companies that you go, your car is paid off, right? And it still has value. <laughs> there are some paid off cars that uh, <laughs> there's little or no value left. <laughs> you know? But your, your car still has value. So you take your title, clean, clear title. You take it to them and say, I need a loan of, say, $5,000. Your vehicle is worth maybe 10, 15, I don't know. In fact, the value of your car must be, I think, maybe two, three times what you are borrowing on for them to give you that loan. And the way the loan is designed, by design, it is designed that you are not able to pay back. Oh, because your monthly payment, it will be so much, so horrendous that you can't make it. Maybe you make it for two, three months. And then you default. Once you default, too bad, you lost the car. <coughs> Praise the Lord. So you took the uh, title loan, you're making payment, and then you defaulted. Right? And now they're going to take your car. And somebody comes by. Okay, let's say Pastor comes by. In Jesus' name. That's something I'll be able to do. Is <laughs> that like, how much is the loan? He said ten thousand dollars. said, no problem. I give them the money, and they give you your car back. I just redeemed your car for you. Meaning, you owed something. What has been taken to you, uh, taken away from you, it was their legal right to do that. The Bible says in uh, Romans chapter six, verse twenty-three. He says the wages of sin is what? Death. The scripture says the soul that sinneth, he shall die. The wages of sin is death. That is why Jesus came. Instead of me dying, he died. If Jesus would not have come, there would be no redemption. It means you and I will still be doing the turtle dove and the goat and the sheep and the atonement and this and that. But Jesus came and did it once for all. Hallelujah. If Jesus would not have come, there will have been no redemption. Listen to this. We deserve to die for our sins, but Jesus came along and died on our behalf. Redeemed us And redeemed as many as accept him from the cause of the law. Watch this. You say, but we are not talking about Easter. We're talking about Christmas. That is true. If he was never born, he could never die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If he was never born, he could never have died for our sins. So, Galatians chapter 3 verse 13. Watch this. It says, Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Sorry, I'm throwing you off a little bit today. I'm reading the New King James Version. Praise the Lord. And then verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Watch this. We have it backwards. We have it backwards. Because the first thing was he became a curse and hung on the tree that we might be redeemed. So that we can enjoy the blessing. But the problem today is we are focused on the blessing, not the redemption. The blessing is a natural consequence of redemption. The fact that I am redeemed, I am blessed. I don't need to pray for blessing. If indeed I am redeemed from the curse of the law, then the blessings of Abraham are for sure mine. You waste time praying for the blessing. It's a natural consequence. Let me ask you this. Remember the story about the title loan I gave you. If I paid that car, I mean I paid that loan, do you need to pray and say, Father, oh, in the name of Jesus, let them give me my car back in Jesus' name. Let them give me my... Anybody looking at you will say you're crazy. Pastor already paid. Legally, they are bound to release the car to you because it's been paid. The debt, the debt has been paid and it has been paid in full. The debt is paid, and it is what? In full. Hallelujah. Watch this. Watch this. Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews, you need to read the book of Hebrews. For some people, it's difficult to understand, but read it in regular contemporary English Bible. You will understand it. Hebrews chapter 9, I'm going to read quite a bit from 11 to 15. It said, but Christ came as high priest. Of the good things to come and the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is, not of this creation. Watch this now. Verse 12 Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all. Somebody say once for all. Many of us have become so religious, we don't recognize that we are religious anymore. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody once said that uh, some people know so much of what they know that they can't see what is before them. Amen? You see that? He says he went, he's not going to die again. He already died. He died once. And he did it once for all, having obtained what? Eternal redemption for you and I. 13. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Say, how much more the blood of Jesus? Amen. Jesus was born to die. He was born to die. He knew exactly the reason why he came. Remember when they when they were going to arrest him and, and uh, uh, Peter said N- I, I, over my dead body that they will they will arrest you. Jesus said, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Because that was Satan speaking through him. The number one reason he came is redemption. Note that. It's not your prosperity. Oh, Father, give me money. Oh, all of those things. Somebody say side benefits. Side benefits. Say side benefits now. That are just side cakes. Side cakes. As a U.S. citizen, there are some rights you have. You don't beg for it. You don't pray for it. It just comes to you. It's like you have worked, you have worked whatever many years is required to work. You know, Social Security, they have this point system. You you have the 40 credits, whatever, and you are of age. When you retire, your Social Security check just comes to you. You know, Father, the month is coming to an end in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God of heaven, let my Social Security check come. I bind every devil. <laughs> you are wasting time. You are wasting time. You are wasting time. Hallelujah. Watch this. Say so how much more? The blood of Jesus. Verse 15. He said, and for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the, trans- uh, the redemption of the transgressions Under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. What is he saying? He's saying because Jesus came, because Jesus was born, and because he died, he has earned for you. Under that covenant, every one of your transgression is taken away. Every single one of them. Past, present, and future. Hallelujah. Redemption. Redemption. Number two, we're saying, what if there was no Christmas? What would be missing in my life? Number one, there's no Messiah. There's no redemption. There's no forgiveness of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. There's no salvation. Because, remember, for thousands of years, they've been doing all their rituals, but it still was not enough. It still was not enough. He came to redeem man and restore our relationship back to God. Number two, very quickly, because of time, and I think I'll just take number two, and uh, we'll probably have to skip and just conclude. Watch this. If there was no Christmas, there would be no justification. There's no justification. What is (laughs) justification? Justification means in spite of yourself and what you have done, God receives you and accepts you. So God is not ignorant of what you have done. In fact, it's one of the things that excites me so much about my salvation. You know, I've told you, <laughs> I'm sure by now some of you are wondering, what is it going? What is it that he's always talking about? You know, there are some things that I have done that I'm too embarrassed to share with you. But guess what? God knows every single one of them and he still loves me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you, some of you. As much as you love me, if I tell you some of those things, sir, it's difficult to come back from that. <laughs> In fact, sometimes when I behave a certain way, oh, that old guy is coming now. I can see it. I smell it. I smell, you, are, you, know, you are not smelling anything. It's just your judgmental mind that is coming into play. With all that God knows about you, he still loves you. You know, there are some of us that were born again from the womb. You know, some people, no, not some of us, some people. Because I'm certainly not one of them. You know, so you, you, you cannot relate with sin. You can't relate with, I, I can relate with sin. Because I, I was there. He, when the scripture says, He pulled me out of the miry clay, He set my feet upon the rock to stay, and He washed me by the washing of water by His word. I know what that means. There are certain things, if you know about who you call your friend today, you will cease to be their friend. Why? Because we don't have the power of justification. We can only relate with people by what they did and what they didn't do. That's why people have cliques. These are my homies. Because of what they do to themselves. You know, these are my friends. You know, I can't relate. They are not in, are not in our club. We have uh, an exclusive club over here. None of that in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Romans three twenty-four. It says, being justified freely by his grace. Hallelujah. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in who? In Christ Jesus. Jesus I am justified somebody say that I am justified the Bible says if your if your heart does not condemn you no man can condemn you the reason many people feel condemned and feel unaccepted and feel that nobody likes me nobody loves me is because you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus the Bible says we have been freely justified through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. If Jesus will not have been born, it will be okay for you to feel that way. I bet people will feel that way. You are, you are looking for a sense of belonging. Who will like me? Who will be my friend? Who will hang out with me? Don't hang out with me. I will hang out with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Don't hang out. That's okay. It's your prerogative not to hang out with me. And I have a decision to make. That I too. (laughs) Stay on your lane. Stay on your lane. Why? Because we have been freely. Somebody say freely. Freely meaning I didn't pay for it. It's not by works. It's not what I did. He has freely justified me. Through the redemption. That is in Christ Jesus. Am I preaching good or no? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, everything revolves around him. Isn't that the song we say we sang earlier? Everything revolves around you, Jesus. You Romans 5, verse 9. Romans 5 verse 9. It says, much more than having now been justified by what? Uh, Please say it like you mean it. His blood. It's not by my works. It's not by what I did. It's not by me looking morose. You lack joy. No excitement about life. That is not Christianity. That is your nature. That is who you are. Amen? Because we have different nature characteristics. That's who you are. It's not. It has nothing to do with being born again or not born again. Some are boisterous. Some are conservative. Some are quiet. Some are not quiet. Some are loud. Some not so loud. Amen? That is just you has nothing to do with salvation. So don't try to copy anybody and say, "Ah, all all the the very spiritual people, you know, they they, they are quiet and going like that. If that's not you, that's not you. Be you. Be you, but love God. Hallelujah. Be you, but love Jesus. Be you, follow Christ. And as to follow Christ, people that can relate with who you are will follow you, they will not follow. And then some people cannot follow people that are too loud. Am I loud? I don't think so. A little bit from time to time. Some people cannot stand that. No, but it's okay. What I'm saying is, it's okay. That is not a measure of your spirituality it's not a measure of spirituality it's not a measure of who you are in Christ Jesus that is just your nature variety is the spice of life everybody cannot talk the same, walk the same, look the same and no, it will be so boring can you imagine you come to church, everybody you see everybody you meet is talking like you looking like you are you clones of one another that would be a very very boring life Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me conclude by saying this. God is a merciful God. God is a merciful God. Have you thought about it? I just gave you an information. Everything I told you, you can research. Johnson, please upload the sermon after we're done. The sermon note is with them. Watch this. The period... Between Malachi and Matthew about 400 years why? if you are like me because I have I I did research for many years you know I'm always asking why? why? why would God pause? why? why did he stop talking to them? because everything he talked to them about from Genesis to Malachi what did they do with it? hard hearted Say, okay, go try your ways. And there are some people under the sound of my voice today, you've been trying it your way. You've been doing your own thing. You are your own everything. You are your own God. You are your own Holy Spirit. You are your own Son of God. You are your own everything. You are your own pastor. You are your own, nobody can tell you nothing. And God has left you to do as you please after 400 years in his mercy he visited them again and this time he did it once for all and we are still enjoying the benefit of that till today 2000 years ago about Jesus was born lived 33 years and he died and offered us so much so much we only talked about two things redemption and justification that's all we have talked about today but there's many more God is merciful I wrote in my notes here due to the hardness of their hearts, God gave them 400 years to figure things out then he rolled out the redemption plan Jesus Christ. And that is how we are saved today. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7 has been read earlier, but I'm going to read it out loud to you again. For a child is born. Unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father the prince of peace please rise we hope you've been blessed by this message we encourage you to fellowship with us here at salvation center if you are in the san antonio area for more information Visit our website at www.rccg.sanantonio.org